Hey, Dr. Mike here. It's known as America's favorite beverage, and today we celebrate coffee with a special guest to discuss health benefits, shopping, and brewing tips. Stay tuned. You're listening to Live Foreverish, a show dedicated to helping you live just a little longer. Here's your host, Dr. Mike and Dr. Crystal Gossard. All right, welcome to Live Foreverish. I'm Dr. Mike, and I'm here with Dr. Crystal Gossard. Uh, today, we're going to talk about coffee. I love this conversation. I know Dr. Crystal does. Um, coffee is definitely a very important part of my life, specifically my mornings. I am, Dr. Crystal, one of those guys that, listen, I, you don't don't talk to me. Don't, don't do anything. Don't move quick around me until I have at least my first shot of espresso. Yeah, I do the espresso. Oh. I you know that. I told you that several times. I do the big stuff. I don't mess around with that brew. Are you kidding me? Good, <laughs> strong espresso. Now, once I have that first shot, then you can talk to me. Yeah, we're fine. Okay. No yeah. sudden but movements, though. No, no <laughs> sudden movement. But I, I, I always found it very interesting. I learned this a few years ago uh, that, um, believe it or not, most Americans get uh, most of their antioxidants, believe it or not, from coffee drinking. I thought that was very interesting to find out. Dr. Crystal, tell us what we're going to talk about today and who is our guest. Yes, we have a special guest, Dr. Mark Corey. He is the Director of Science and Policy at the National Coffee Association. He leads scientific, regulatory, safety, and advocacy issues impacting the coffee industry. Thanks for joining us, Dr. Uh, Dr. Corey. Great. Thank you for having me, and please call me Mark. Okay, sure. <laughs> now, I see that you uh, earned your PhD from the University of Georgia. Go Bulldogs! <laughs> yep, exactly. Oh, no, no. In food science. Uh, and Dr. Crystal is officially distracted. <laughs> <laughs> officially, when I saw that. Uh, and I saw that your research included investigating coffee's role in healthy diets, including prebiotic benefits of coffee on gut health. So I would love to hear about some of your re, uh, your research on that topic. And, and so as we get started, can, can we start off with just you providing a general overview of the health benefits of coffee and maybe highlight some of your research? Oh, sure. Excellent. Um, and, and I'll start by, uh, I did do, at University of Georgia, I did do uh, research in antioxidants, a phenomenal field, and it's a topic um, I love to talk about. Mm -hmm. And uh, when I was in industry, I did do the coffee research. So I did do the prebiotic research with coffee. Um, so I'll, I love to talk about that too. Yes. <laughs> so um, I'll start by uh, first, and coffee and health. Most consumers actually don't even realize uh, that coffee uh, can actually be good for them. And so they're often pleasantly surprised to learn um, of all the great health benefits. Um, and it can be anything from coffee drinkers actually tend to live longer than non-coffee drinkers. Um, and, and that's regardless of whether it's caffeinated or decaf, um, they actually live longer than non-coffee drinkers. And then um, coffee can actually help uh, provide uh, health benefits such as for helping reduce risk of heart disease, heart attack, um, stroke. Um, it can also help with um, um, help prevent type two diabetes, um, can help with weight management, um, metabolism. Um, it even helps with um, some forms of depression. 
Um, so it really has um, a wide range of potential health benefits, even um, for um, certain types of cancer can help reduce risk of cancer and other chronic diseases, um, and can even be helpful, um, I know with the pandemic, with um, mental health, that's been mm -hmm. a, a challenge with a lot of people, you know, staying at home, having to isolate, you know, for certain reasons, and it can actually help um, improving mental health. Um, so it's just a, has a wide range of things that um, I think we all just, um, at least I, I'm very passionate yeah. about. Well, Mark, Mark, let me let me ask you this. So, so I, I'm a, like I told you at the get go that I I drink espresso shots. That's why I like it, right? Um, and you know, I think it's time that you set the record straight and let Doctor Crystal know that espresso shot is the best way to get all these health benefits, right? He I'm may, just, he may not be setting the record straight. <laughs> Mark, Mark, why don't you set him straight on, Sorry, on that? I'll, set me straight. Am I, is it, what is, so, but that is my question. Like, out of all the different ways to consume coffee, right, what, what is the best way to retain those, those good compounds leading to those health benefits? Sure. I'd say really the best way is however you like, you know, to take your coffee. It could be if you like light, medium, dark roast, if you like espresso uh, or fil filtered coffee. Uh, there are just so many ways you can take it. And I'd say it, however you enjoy it, I think is how you can get those benefits. Um, whether it's, you know, certainly there, we can say with lighter roast, the chlorogenic acids may help with, um, you know, diabetes and glucose management um, or, or just to help provide some of those health benefits. So you could get into some specifics, but I'd really say it's like just encouraging folks that if you either enjoy your, your cup of coffee or you, maybe you haven't had it, um, you know, you, you can enjoy that extra cup of coffee, um, knowing that it can provide that little extra bit, you know, of, of health benefit. Now, Mark, I'm curious in the research, are you seeing that um, the benefits um decline when people add a lot of the sugar and the cream? Or is it, um, you know, are people drinking the black coffee? Is there a difference in the health benefits between those two? Like, should I be drinking it black? Um, I'd say however you like to take it. Um, mm -hmm. You know, for example, like I drink my coffee black, but that's just how I like it. Um, for the research, when we look at um, so if consumer, I don't know if your um, viewers are familiar with epidemiology or anything like that, but looking at the study of when researchers look at the study of, um, you know, health and disease, and then they look at how diet can help affect that across mm -hmm. populations. And when we look at even the, the longevity studies, so we, it's called um, all-cause mortality, mm -hmm. um, but it's just a, you know, scientific way of saying, do in this case do coffee drinkers live longer than non-coffee drinkers mm -hmm. and um or is there any association and in this case we see regardless of how consumers take their coffee there's mm -hmm. still that health benefit um, and that's whether they take it black or with cream with sugar um, but i will say that i think it is important to be mindful of what you're adding to your coffee yes. because especially with there can be added calories um, and added saturated fat, um, if too much, you know, cream and, um, and sweetener is used. So it just, it's just to be, it's important to be mindful of what you're adding to your coffee, mm -hmm. but, 
but we see those health benefits regardless of how um, coffee is taken. Now, is there a group of people or anything we should worry about with coffee? I mean, it sounds, it's almost, it sounds too good to be true. And I know a lot of people, maybe even Dr. Mike may drink it uh, to wild abandonment. Just, you know, drink it all day long. <laughs> you make things up on this show. I've so, never said that I drink it all day long. <laughs> but I have to tell you, my husband drinks it all day long. Um, I can't have it after like around noon. Well, wait, knowing your day. husband, he may he may want to back off a little bit. He gets <laughs> a little excited true. about things, Dr. <laughs> so what should what are things that people should worry about with coffee? Sure. I'd say most people really don't need to worry. Like you brought up, I think, a good point um, for people that have varying levels of sensitivity to caffeine. Um, and and that goes down to even um, how some people actually metabolize caffeine at different rates. Some are yes. fast metabolizers. Like if it's like your husband who can drink a cup um, or I have friends that can drink a cup of coffee um, with dessert at a late dinner and then go right to sleep. Oh, yeah, and then others, <laughs> others where if they have a cup of, co um, you know, coffee after noon, um, it, it could, they could have a hard time falling asleep. Yeah, so it so one thing I'd say is like most people learn how to they learn how to like self I don't want to say self tighter self regulate mm -hmm. um, their caffeine sensitivity um, and it's either you know and it comes down to the the rate that they metabolize it um, or um, the tolerance for caffeine and each mm -hmm. person is different um, and I think it's important just to know you know how your body feels um, with coffee or, or or with anything really. Um, and then, and you kind of learn what's right for you. Um, well, well, so how, how does decaf then fit into this? Let's say somebody is really sensitive to caffeine. They just don't want, they don't want to have any of it. Um, so if they go to decaf coffee, is that going to offer some of the same health benefits? It, it does. And actually decaf coffee has most of the same health benefits of regular, um, just with only a small, tiny fraction of the caffeine in it. Um, so that's, and that's actually a reason. So probably about 90% of coffee consumers drink regular coffee, coffee, mm -hmm. uh, but then about 10% actually seek out the decaf and, and they may just, you know, for various reasons, they may not want the caffeine in their diet, um, but it's great. They can still get the same, you know, great taste. They love the same brands they love and get the health benefits. Yes, I know that um, for me, I when I was pregnant, I consumed decaf and then getting back onto coffee, I did more of a half and half, uh, half decaf and then half caffeine to try to decrease the amount of caffeine that, that I was consuming. And, you know, you're right about the different levels of metabolizing or the ability. I actually had a 23andMe and it tells you your ability to metabolize coffee. And it was spot on. It said, you know, you uh, metabolize it slower. And therefore that explained why, um, you know, around noon, that's, that's my cutoff point for coffee intake. Now, um, what do you think about this new way of making coffee or creating coffee in the lab? I mean, wh where are we going with that? And <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
It just seems, you know. Well, well, well we're, we're growing steaks and chicken breasts in labs. Why not coffee now? Right? I don't know, Dr. Mike. <laughs> that's where, you know, that's where we just have to put a stop to it. Sure. So, so I'm sorry, go ahead. So, Mark, can you tell us about that? What are the recent advances in coffee technology? Sure. So recently there have been some products that either they're, I think they're coming onto the market or they've been in develop development that are on like synthetic coffee. Um, and I think I don't have too much of an opinion yet just because I haven't seen them on the market, but I will say that coffee is, I think of it as it comes from the plant, um, you know, Arabica comes from Caffea Arabica, so the genus Caffea, um, mm -hmm. Robusta coffee um, is Caffea canifora, um, and so it comes from the coffee plant, and anything that doesn't come from, like, the coffee tree, it's, in my mind, it's not coffee, um, it's not going to have the same health benefits that coffee has mm -hmm. and coffee can can bring. So, you know, I, I don't have too much to say until I've never, I've yet to try one of the um, maybe synthetic coffee products. Um, but I, I, I want to make sure that consumers, you know, whenever they're getting, um, you know, getting coffee, authentic coffee, that they're still getting, you know, the health benefits and, and they're, you know, and they're getting the product that they know and love. So I think, I think that's um, what's really important. Yeah. Do you think some of this is coming from, or, or, or correct me if I'm, I'm wrong, Mark, that sometimes the coffee being harvested based on climate, environment, what's going on can be a little iffy. And maybe is that what's driving some of this lab work with synthetic coffees? Is that where it's coming from to, to maybe always keep that consistent supply in the market? I think that that might be now there's there's generally a already a large global supply of coffee um so i think they're positioning it again i've only learned so much but um from generally what's been reported in the media um but i think they're they're saying that it could be from you know to help mitigate climate um i will say that the, the coffee industry actually is doing a lot to help uh, mitigate, you know, climate change and what could happen to the world supply. And, you know, there are, I'd say there are roughly last count, like 26 million coffee farmers and their families that actually depend to some degree on coffee. Coffee is often their cash crop. Um, and nearly all of the companies um, that are working throughout the globe are working with them to support them, their livelihoods, making sure that there is a resilient um, coffee supply. So even as impacts of climate change are they're happening around the world, they're going to happen to everything. Um, I like to think that we can help position coffee farmers so that um, you know they can um, adapt and change wherever they need to, but still deliver um, the same quality and supply of coffee that you know consumers want. Since you are the expert, I mean, I I can just want to pick your brain on how you like your coffee. What is your perfect <laughs> cup? I know you mentioned black, but do you drink espresso? Do you buy the beans whole? Do you grind them yourself? What is your coffee protocol? 
Oh my gosh, it's I hate to say it's it's a bit of a loaded question for me because it's like asking a kid in a candy store. Um, I get so excited talking about coffee. Um, you should see no matter if I'm out with friends, no matter where, if anyone brings that up, it's like it, it will be the subject conversation. Um, and I'll say, I think my answer is all of the above. Um, I have whole beans. I have ground. I have a coffee grinder in my, you know, New York City a, a kitchen. I have an espresso machine. I have a capsule machine. I have a um, filtered. I like French press on Sunday mornings. Um, so, and then I even go out for cold brew. So, um, it, it really depends what mood I'm in. And then that's awesome. Forward. Yeah, exactly. So yeah, it's, the French. Now, I I've heard you know I watch a lot of. I'm not. I'm, I'm a home cook, and I, I I wish I was better at this. But I watch a lot of Food Channel type shows, and they claim that French press is the best way to get caught. Like, have you heard that? What do you think about that? Is I I will say it it depends. Um, I like so French press is really good if um, let's say you have the time, you know, because it does take a couple minutes, um, but it gives a really good body um, to the coffee. So okay. if you have a coffee from an origin, um, I'm thinking of like let's say a natural coffee from like Sumatra or something like that. Um, that typically has a very good body. Like it feels, it has a little bit more of consistency and mouthfeel on the tongue. Um, French press really helps bring that out. Um, and so it's a nice way to showcase a nice attribute, quality attribute in a coffee. Yeah. Now, what do you think about the cone cup? That's what I call it. <laughs> we uh, we make the coffee this way sometimes in the office. So it's, it's almost like it's the coffee filter, but it's, and you, Put it on top of your cup and you can put, you know, the, the paper filter inside, put your coffee inside of that. And then you just pour the water and then the coffee seeps down into That sounds like your a cheap cup. way to make a cup of coffee, Dr. <laughs> get yourself Get yourself a nice, come on, buy yourself one for your office. My cone cup has really provided sweet satisfaction uh, in the mornings at work. So what do you think about that strategy? I love the idea. Um, so I think of that as it might be called like a pour over. Um, yes. I think that's what we use in the industry term, but but it's it's a great idea. It's um, is you can well it it is a cone. Yeah, it is the cone. No, so that's a oh, great description. I had a great mental picture of that. Um, but you can just pour your heated water over it. Yes. Um, and then you can make you know one cup, or you can make I think a couple out of it. Um, but it also produces a really great, you know, cup of coffee too. But I thought, I thought that the the, the water has to be at a certain temperature. Those the brewing machines are best, and it does and, and there and it has to be over the the beans for or the ground uh, ground coffee over a certain amount of time, right? So it's heat and it's time. That doesn't sound like you're that's fulfilling any of that stuff. It is. There is. At least a lot of work has been done over the years to help perfect these different styles of brewing coffee. Mm -hmm. And the the pour over, it actually still does because um, it's it's in this case, it's gravity and the contact time. So each of these methods, um, depending on French press is like typically that's like four minutes. Mm -hmm. um, so that generally has a much larger grind size of coffee to the um, the ones that are more of just um, gravity and they're filtered, 
Um, those will have a smaller, medium size um, grind. And then when you get to pressure systems, like espresso is just about the finest grind mm. that yeah. you'll uh -huh. use. And that's a much higher pressure, higher temperature for very short contact time. So the there are a number of different you know brewing methods available and one way we can help ensure that we're still delivering that you know the kind of quality of coffee you want is by um changing the the grind size um, you are listening to dr mark corey he is the director of science and policy at the national coffee association mark tell us a little bit about the national coffee association what's going on there and if somebody wants to visit your site where can they go Excellent. Thank you. Great question. Uh, so at the National Coffee Association, the NCA, we're the trade association for the U.S. coffee industry. Uh, we work on education, technical resources, advocacy, and communicate on issues that are affecting um, the whole coffee value chain. And you can look for us on our website at ncausa.org. Fantastic. Dr. Um, Dr. Corey, this was, uh, sorry, Mark, this was fantastic. Really enjoyed uh, you having on. And it's because it's a conversation I think a lot of people like, right? It's fantastic. <laughs> um, so thanks for coming on. We appreciate it. You're listening to Live Foreverish. Don't forget, you can go to liveforeverish.com and find a whole bunch of podcasts to download. While you're there, download them, listen, but make sure you like and share and comment and subscribe so you never miss a show. That's liveforeverish.com. I'm Dr. Mike. Thanks for listening.